Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. Happy New Year. May this be a year of ultra clarity of our feelings, our words, and our actions. And I'm thrilled to welcome our first caller, Bex. Bex from the Bay Area. Thanks for joining me, Bex. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. So what situation or conversation is on your mind today? So mine is really a two-part question because it's partly a personal inner dialogue I think I need to have, and it's also an outer conversation. I'm in an industry of wellness and fitness, and I've been in this industry for 20 years, but pretty much my entire life. And my body of work goes from when I was young and my father introduced me to certain practices. And yet in the corporate sector, when I teach in a studio or a company that's, you know, bigger than myself, I have a value and worth issue because the payment is not, um, how do I say this, universally increasing. So when I started in 2000, there was sort of a base rate and some, some studios and um, gyms paid based on students and other places paid based on just a flat rate. And I feel like after 20 years in the industry, there are certain places I teach really truthfully just for the students. And on the flip side of that is I'm teaching them about value and yet I'm not asking probably the right <laughs> amount of value. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I appreciate your calling out the inner conversation. So starting with that before dealing with what we might want to ask for other folks. Um, and I um, do a lot of yoga myself. So kudos to you for being a pioneer decades ago getting into it. I wish I had. I know I was teased like- initially. They were like, you can't get paid for that. What are you doing? And it was a passion. And I think that's the hardest part about it is it's a vocation. Like it's something I'm so passionate about and I always want to share it. And if someone needs a class, I always want to give it. And yet, you know, it's my time. It's the knowledge. It's the books. You know, for so long I thought about all these certifications. And in this day and age, I feel like there are lots of people who go out and get a weekend certification. And so if I say and I speak out to the the corporate sector and they say, yeah, it's not a big deal to us because they can find someone who's less experienced but will fill the spot. Yeah. Yes. So I appreciate this is the wellness sector. And for listeners, this has a lot of, I think, universal appeal for folks in their jobs. So um, let's start with what is going on for you because that's that's the grounding piece. And I, I, I can feel you already kind of sense the disconnect for you. So I guess the question I'd start with, Bex, is um, the why for you. And to give yourself permission, if you, you know, and I've done a little bit of teaching, nothing like you, but if you want to serve someone and that's your choice, hey, that's awesome. Um, so what, what is going on for you? What, what holds you back, you think, in, um, and I would use the word educating perhaps, folks to appreciate differences in more or less experience? Just tell me a little bit about what's going on in your head. Well, I think there is this, this grounding point of everybody teaches yoga now or fitness now or, you know, does something. And especially with social media and different avenues for presenting what you have to offer, there are platforms where you can get it for free. So in that, I've been doing this, you know, one-on-one and then in groups and I think where I devalue the worth of what I have to offer is that in a heartbeat, someone will take my class. You know what I'm saying? Like they could, and I don't mean take it, attend. I mean, they could take it over and teach. So 
for instance, one space that I've been teaching in for the last 16 years, you know, I was like, I'm ready to release this, this class on a certain day because I need more space in my schedule. And I think if I was being compensated a lot more, I may have rethought it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have been so... It took me a while to release it. I'm not going to say it was like I woke up and I said, I'm going to release it. It was months of thought about it because I care for my students. And I know they count on that time and I want to be there. And yet the value piece inside myself defaults, I think, to twofold. One is somebody else could do it. I know they can't do it the way I do it. And there is an element that I bring to it that is obviously my essence, as we call it in yoga, your rasa, your flavor, that I bring to it that no one else can bring to it. And so you can't really put a price on it. And yet when I was ready to release the class, the supervisor was like, okay. And then the next day sent me an email that, w- that said, I'm so sorry, I didn't even ask if there was anything we could do to keep you. Yeah. And so... I just like pondered that email and kind of digested it for a while. Was I really wanting to release the class? Yes. Was there any value that they could have offered me? Probably not. However, in the spectrum of compensation, it is a transactional relationship. Yep. Yes. So this is, so I hear where you're at and not that we can change the history, but for, for listeners, especially, you know, when we're in a job, like you're right, it's a transactional thing. We're not, it's not a charity here. We have uh, money transacting. The ability all, all along the way to not take for granted on both sides, right? Um, why we're being paid and then what they're getting is, is an opportunity to reinforce. And a lot of folks, and I would say especially in what I would say creative, a little less hardcore transactional, being able to connect the, the distinction, the fact that you can keep a class of 30 people every week, twice a week, right? They kind of get used to that. And that ability to help connect the dots for people all along the way so they're appreciating, well, wow, like a, a younger teacher isn't going to, boom, be able to come in and do that um, is something for folks to think about along the way. And if you're not sure the employer actually knows about it, then it's we're all part of the problem if we don't help them, if we don't ask the questions and just make sure that they understand that. So that's nothing to, to deal with right now, but for folks along the way, we might think, oh, I'm doing this, you know, I'm so amazing. And, and if we don't actually get confirmation that other people see that and that they value that in the transaction, right? And it's okay, they may not value it. So then there's a question, well, gosh, if I'm in a place where, you know, I provide this level of service, I think it's amazing, but they actually don't value it. Then there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Value set, right? And so that gives you a chance to make a conscious decision about do you invest more, do you educate more? Um, And I I really relate to this because um, actually both my sisters teach a lot of yoga and they are very long standing. And, you know, it can be very transactional if if folks just, yeah, it's whatever, it's a teacher, you know, and it's, it's heartbreaking because I get how much you pour into it. And I also have, being a student, know how connected you get to your teachers. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my, what I would say is I was talking to an elder, a woman that I um, enjoy conversation with, and she's not a student of mine, and something came up about compensation, and when I mentioned how much I was paid, she was shocked. Like, she thought that I made maybe five times what I made. And I said, no, if I did it solely for the money, I would teach exclusively at my own private space where I have, you know, all the Pilates machines and I can do one-on-one, I can do 10 students. It's because I know that more people want and need that time where it's not just a vigorous flow, it's a mindful-based practice where we begin with meditation, you know, where you're steeped in these principles that apply to everything in life. And so... It is like, do I have that conversation outwardly in certain venues and just say I'm willing to release it? Because I have had a woman come to me who is a more mom and pop, smaller studio opening, can probably offer me a more, I'd say, uh, valuable uh, pay. 
and yet I'll have to grassroots it. Like, I'll have to bring a lot of my students to make it um, financially worth it, and yet um, I love the people that I've been of service to for this amount of time. And so they're sort of like, if you build it, will they come kind of factor, or do I just go to myself and say, when do I feel the best? And I love whether it's, you know, 25 people or 50 people, I love teaching, even when it's one-on-one and, and smaller. And, and so that's my biggest challenge is I really do love what I do. Like I was just on vacation and a friend was like, they're not offering yoga today. Would you teach? And I said, of course. You know, and in that avenue, I'm not teaching thinking I'm doing this for the big bucks. I'm, t- I'm teaching because I know there are, you know, 15, 20 people who wanted a class and there wasn't one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing the first thing for you, Bex, is just getting clear. What do you want? You can do all this, right? And so what I'm hearing is just your ability to give yourself permission to say, you know what? I know I can do it and these people need me. Everybody needs you, Bex, for sure, right? And so do you want to give a trial at really honoring your fullest self and in doing so honoring the work and, you know, I had this conversation with my sister so many times about giving up classes. And the second she gives it up, something else in the universe manifests and fills the space. Yeah, and I 100% believe that. Yeah, 100%. And so what I'm hearing is if it's a little bit of guilt, perhaps, I don't, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, like what is it that holds you back? And I know you want to help people, but you have to know you help everyone you touch, right? So if you're helping these people, there's other people you're not touching can you perhaps give yourself permission to say, I'm not being bad about this. I, I have a higher order. And if you're really going to be true to the work, honoring yourself first is what you want to model for all your students. Yeah. You know, that it's so interesting that you say that because I think when I kind of pull my lens back and I think if I was having this conversation with someone else, I would, that would be the first question I'd ask is, what adds value to your day? And, and when it adds value to your day and you're there, how do you feel? And if you feel good, then you know the answer. And if you feel like maybe now it's time to spread your wings, and I, I really appreciate that comment that there are other people that I'm not interacting with that I could be collaborating with or um, offering practices to. And so... I think as long as I do stay true to that practice of myself, um, you know, that's what's most important. I think there's the edge of it is for me that this is an industry and, 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 and wellness um, falls into all of these categories. And yet, you know, for so many years it was like there's a bowl, put how much you want to dedicate into the bowl and let's go from there. And in these environments of gyms or clubs or studios there's a monthly fee and and sometimes I feel like as the person who's just showing up to teach the class it's 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 seen differently in the the higher ups you know what I'm saying like I totally hear you on that I hear you on that and so here's this chance to lead and I can't we can't deny an industry trend right so I get that um how I'll just say that there is a chance to lead and to create, be explicit about what you think it's worth and why, and then have an honest conversation, you know, and I'm not getting the sense that you value it this way. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to communicate. And, you know, I know you'd want to honor me and what honorable to me would look like is this. Can we align on that? And if not, it's okay. Um, But you're not letting them drive the agenda 100%. It's a partnership. And, and if you don't want to work in partnership, that's okay. But if you want to work in partnership, that's, you kind of put it out there. And, and if they want to work with you in partnership, even better. And if they don't, they don't deserve to work with you. Yeah. There are other yeah. I, mean, I, I think sometimes there's this, the inner conversation is, it's something I'm choosing to let go. I'm not being chosen to let go. Um, does that make sense? That's totally it. I think that is a great... And I think that that's the bigger inquiry is that I have to realize there are multiple options and spaces for me to cultivate 
um, a community, and it takes a little bit of that risk and that space of the uncomfortable, whether I have the conversation knowing that other people have had that conversation and they're like, look, this is what we pay, or I say, you know what, I'm going to go into the unknown and see what it looks like. That's going to feed me both, you know, sides of it, the spiritual side of it, and and maybe the the other side of it is a smaller space or a space that's more homegrown will invite other people um, who I would never connect with. So I appreciate that kind of perspective and the lens of you just don't know if you're in a different space who might show up. Exactly. That's great wisdom from within. And I just want to reframe that word risk. Is it really a risk? And lots of not times really, no, people, no, 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 it isn't. Risk, right? It, no, mm-mm. no. And, I, and, and, and the aspect is true. It, it is one of those situations where I, I can teach anywhere. I just have to wrap my brain around it. And in my heart space go, you're not letting anyone down if you release a class. They'll find you if they want to, and if they don't, they'll find someone else. It's, it's, I love that matter-of-factness about it, and I, what I'm hearing you is a sense of empowerment and a greater sense of serving. A greater yeah. sense of serving. And, and I just want, I want you to give yourself permission, Bex, to go there, because you fly higher, a lot more people fly with you. And so... It may seem like I'm giving away, but you're really, you're taking on something that's that's bigger and that you're ready for. And so I don't want to make it bad. If you choose to do something as a volunteer, what have you, and it's a conscious choice, love it, but it's not choosing you, as you said. So I I love how you worded it. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the the whole oxygen mask on yourself first. And I'm so apt to, if you came to me, I would so apt to listen and say, oh, this is what you do. But when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm going, oh, I don't know. Is that really what I'm going to do? Um, so it is a, it, it's a feeling sense, and I think it is worth having the conversation, even if I know that the answer's sort of been laid out there by other people asking and then going, maybe it's time. It's 2020, clear vision. Like, maybe it's time to just broaden a little bit and, and, and see other spaces and find out who shows up. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Please keep me posted. Let me know how it goes, Bex. If I can be of more help, I'm here. I appreciate you calling in, and I really thank you for being part of the solution. You take care. Thank you for mindful, skillful conversation. <laughs> okay, next I am delighted to welcome from Chicago, Christian. Christian, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. How are you doing? Fantastic. What can I help you with today? So I had just two questions in particular. The first is just in regards to, just to provide some context. I'm a little earlier into my career, just started recently going up the corporate ladder and whatnot. And ultimately, my goal is to eventually move into a position like project management and whatnot, in which I want to be working with different senior stakeholders in the regional, the VP and C-suite levels. So I guess with this scenario, what I'm looking at is the need to balance their needs while at the same time, not necessarily stretching myself out too thin. So I just wanted to ask, like, how would you go about just effectively being able to say no to all these people that are at the more, you're more senior, so to speak? So say more about the ask and saying no. I love this question, the ability to say no when you just really don't feel mm-hmm. like you can do a great job. So give me a little bit more context. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So just in regards to project deadlines and whatnot, and you're being pulled into many different directions at once, and effectively your, your plate just, just begins to pile up just for one thing after the other, and it begins to be a bit of a problem. And effectively, I would need to strategically manage who I say no to at some point just because of me just saying yes to different projects. At some point, I'm going to need to say no just so I can actually complete these requests. So just having that conversation with, let's just say, somebody at the VP level just saying, like, hey, listen, like, I completely understand where you're coming from. I just can't do that right now. Is there any particular way that you would go about just having that kind of conversation? For sure. For sure. And this is a case of, uh, so the question about how do you, really, how do you respectfully, uh, graciously, and effectively let folks know you really want to help, but you can't. Correct, yes. 
So the yeah, and the 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 um, first part obviously it was within. And so the quick thing about God, do I feel like I'm going to look at me like I'm lazy that I'm not good enough for doing all this work? And so just getting in good relationship with yourself doesn't sound like that's an issue for you, Christian. But just being whole because at the end of the day, yeah. you can't serve them or the organization if you don't um, you know aren't able to do the kind of work you think that they need to have done. Right. And so mm-hmm, that ability, yeah, that ability of shared reality. So to before declining straight away is that notion of getting curious. Oh, I understand this kind of work. What does it, what's, what's involved, what's good look like. And I say that because you may have a higher standard for what you think has to happen or has to get done than they might. I'm not saying that is mm-hmm. the case, but you want to make sure you have a sense. And so that whole thing, the thing is, ah, I hear this is a really important project. I'm grateful. So acknowledging, I'm, gr- I'm thrilled that you're asking for me to step in. So there's a notion of appreciation of acknowledgement. So that's always going to kind of start the conversation in a very positive way. Before I, I um, answer, I just want to make sure I understand what's involved. So you're, you're mm-hmm. being curious and you're fundamentally getting solid understanding, confirmed understanding, and say, here's the situation. And so rather than, no, I can't, I see uh, a potential disconnect and to the extent that you're working on things that obviously are also important that they expect to be delivered on clarifying if these are the things that I got in motion, I could certainly take my foot off the accelerator on these things. Here's, here's what I think our trade-off is. And notice it's our trade-off. Mm-hmm. I see. So now all of a sudden together we're considering, well, what's okay. So He's okay. He's got this point. Oh, you know, we didn't remember that he had that work. So again, you're, it's all very um, um, clear for you because that's your work priorities. But other folks may not remember, or they just don't have as much visibility. You can't assume folks have any idea what your plate looks like. So again, that's a little bit getting out of your world, getting in their world, mm-hmm. and saying, "What can we do?" I'm happy to. You give some scenarios. What do we think? And so your team player. You're showing you're willing to, you know, change up the priorities. At the same time, and this term is, you know, I know you would want me to be able to deliver quality work. I would not feel good signing up for something that's going to compromise the quality for all of us. Mm-hmm. Lots of great ones. How's that landing for you? That's fantastic. See, that's always what's particularly nice with your approach is you're just very holistic with how you assess things, and it's something that I'm actively always trying to adopt into my own work style. So I certainly appreciate that feedback. That's great. The thing that um, I think for folks that may seem uh, the least obvious is our own attitude about how I will look. And it's this notion of what's the answer? I have to say no. So somehow I have to say no and say, well, Mm -hmm. that's a zero sum game sort of thing. So giving yourself some options. And then, you know, I think a lot of folks can also appreciate if you say, you know, I know if you were in my shoes, that kind of language People can appreciate when they were asked to do something that they couldn't do. So you're just helping everyone get in each other's shoes. And the folks who can do that really create a sense of wholeness for a group. Yeah, I see. Kind of like an us versus the objective or versus the problem kind of scenario, would you say? For sure. So this is this notion of the whole. And if it's mm-hmm. if folks are asking you to do something and it's not quite computing, you're like, wow, they're not really getting it. If I do that, I'm not going to do this, right? And I can see how it hurts. Just point it out for the system, not me or you, but us. And I think that ability to neutralize the work and the impact of the work versus me doing it or you doing or someone else not doing it, the personalization of it is where it gets a little, can get more emotional. So to the extent that you can focus on the work, the impact of the work, um, why it matters, and then the notion of options and alternatives. Lots of times people come in with, well, Christian has to do it. And you say, so, hey, I'm curious, why did you look, is, other, is this a stretch assignment for other folks? I see. Okay. Thank you so much for that answer for the first question. Much appreciated. What's the next question? The second question, so this is going into the area with just Metascope. So in regards, um, I am mentoring somebody currently, and everything in terms of just their overall workflow and their approach, it's absolutely excellent. But when we go into the meta skills, there is certainly room for improvement. 
now, just in terms of like this, like overall attitude, vibe, their energy. Um, so I just wanted to get your feedback in regards, like, what's the best way to approach that kind of conversation where you assess the positives and then you want to kind of branch into like improve this area of your energy, so to speak. Like, how would I best approach that as like in us a whole picture, so to speak? Great question. How do you help people appreciate? I would say the soft side of the work as well as the hard side of the work. And um, your idea of approaching it in a positive note is fantastic. And um, this person works for you or is it a um, peer? So it's based on a tier. So it's just somebody who's my junior, so to speak, that I'm directly mentoring. Yeah. Okay, great. So this, the, the notion of partnership is the meta skill. If, if, you know, in your shoes, reaching out, John, gosh, it's been fantastic to work with you and, one of the things I'm excited about is the potential that I see, and I, I'm here to help you, right? So this notion of I'm here helping you. Um, and, and again, this notion of oh, this is a good time to talk about this. You want to set up the space. I think there's some things that I'm seeing that I think can really help you have even greater impact, all positive. And I like to help with a little bit of education. So look at lots of times we're coming up the ranks and there's the task part of the job, doing the job. Super important. All the data shows it is the relational dimension, how we interact with ourselves and others that actually dictates the highest performance. And as we get more senior, this is the part we really want to lean into. So just mm-hmm. create that as an educational thing. So I see. Right. So then, so that's a frame. And then you can talk about like, well, what do you mean? Well, so, and you can always blame Molly. So there's this, <laughs> these meta skills, this energy, right? Wow. There's so much we can do to influence how work goes by how you show up. And they're like, well, and so you can give some examples and, and then let folks know it's a practice thing, just like you might be doing better in spreadsheets or, you know, whatever the task, developing strategies, et cetera, leaning into the practice side of the energy that we exude is another area to develop. And you've got some, mm-hmm. you know, I observed X, nothing wrong with what you did. However, perhaps this might've helped. So you start to help someone see it because without being aware of it going on, it's very hard to, to do it. So I think for folks who aren't familiar with this meta skills energy concept, just getting the educational piece and having them be aware, just be aware. And, you know, it's presuming, you know, they're going to want to be a higher performer. This is a key part. Practicing. I mean, I've had teams pick a particular meta skill. And it's not that you think you're respectful. If other people don't think that you're coming across as respectful, that's not success, yeah. right? And so you practice it. And it's, you know, I tell, I tell folks all the time, you're like, you're in the grocery store, you're in the drugstore, everywhere you go, because it becomes, it's a new skill. And it feels a little different. For some folks, you know, well, I don't really feel happy. Like, I'm not trying to say you need to be overjoyous, but to be able to be optimistic and hopeful is going to help the team feel that they can do it, as an example. You know, I'm just I see. Okay, that's definitely something to go on ahead and lead with. Well, thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Do you have a top takeaway before we sign off, Christian? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, just wanted to thank you again for just your contribute, contribution to just helping out many people's careers. You've helped out mine, certainly. And given that you've done all this and distributed this content with no charge, I mean, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. And I encourage anybody who's listening, if they do wish to get engaged, definitely do so. You're invaluable. And I thank you so much. You're a gem. I appreciate you for calling in. Um, you let me know how it goes. Let me know if I can be of more help. And I really thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. You too. I'll keep posted. Thank you so much. We'll take a quick, quick break right now. You're listening to Say It Skillfully. I'm your host, Molly Chang. I'll be back live with you shortly. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our sponsor for this show is CEO Works, the value coaching company. CEO Works is an executive advisory education company that advances the work of human capital. I've partnered with them on client projects, certified as a value coach myself, and seen the impacts firsthand. They have a unique approach to creating value quickly through talent. By identifying the most critical roles, 
designing the roles, then powering them up with the right incredible talent. Their model coaches the ecosystem all around the talent to produce leaps in value. Their focus is not only on the talent, but also on the role-talent combination. The CEO Works team believes we can improve the world by improving business. I encourage you to find out more at ceoworks.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Say It Skillfully, featuring your host, Molly Chang. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or join the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter with the hashtag, Say It Skillfully. Now back to your program. Welcome back. Our caller now is... Patrick from North Carolina. Patrick, thanks so much for joining me, and Happy New Year. Hey, hey, good morning, and Happy New Year to you, Molly. Fantastic to have you join. Um, Patrick, what's on your mind? Situation, sensitive topic, what can I help you with? Yeah, yeah, so I'm in the IT industry, and I lead a team that is charged with accelerating technology adoption and overall maximizing the business value our customers receive from their their technology investments. You know, and while this isn't a new concept in IT consulting, you know, we are doing things in a new and innovative way. And so we're in uncharted territory. Uh, The pace of change is extremely fast. And at this point in many ways, um, you know, what we're doing is, is still uh, somewhat foreign, right, to the traditional ecosystem, right? So um, as a leader, what I would like to do is to be able to meet people where they are and help them consume and embrace the change and make it meaningful and valuable to them because I think we're better together. Um, so my question is, um, what what meta skills or what are some things that I can do to during my conversations uh, to say it skillfully to help um, you know folks embrace the change and and you know go go fast and farther together. Fantastic! Embracing change is what it's all about, and that's the only thing that changes is change. So I can appreciate the situation. I have spent some time in that IT space as well. Can is this something? to start that's more about the internal team um, or is it both internal and your external stakeholders? Yeah, I think it's, it's more external stakeholders. I think that, you know, my direct team, right, they're right there in the middle of the change. So, um, of course, right, they're, they're moving forward uh, together. It's, it's more just, you know, external stakeholders. And when you're working with them, Patrick, what would you say – their, their, what, what holds them back or what's, what's the disconnect for them? Like where, where, when you say meet them, where they're at, where do you think they're at? Well, I, you know, I think as with any change, right, there's a little apprehension or maybe angst or there may be some, um, you know, people uncomfortable, whatever the case, I mean, rightfully so. Um, there's different points, right? There's people that fully embrace it. So they're at various levels. I just want the ability to be able to quickly like recognize where they're at and to skillfully, you know, navigate the conversation to, to, um, you know, quickly develop that relationship and, and help them, you know, and embrace that change. I see. So it's just about spot checking where they're at. So here's something to get a little pressure off of you. And for all folks, we're not asking to you to read anyone's minds. It's totally okay that we're not reading minds. I've, I signed my emails telepathically as a joke. So, um, it, so, so, so I, and I say that just so that the, we take some pressure off of ourselves because oftentimes we, we come in like, oh my gosh, I've got to say the right thing. I've got to kind of ascertain where they're at or I'm not good at my soft skills and it's a disaster. So just take off that pressure and light up your, you know, from a meta club coming in, this, this notion of openness of positivity 
of hope. And those are very universal things without being Pollyannish. Gosh, you know, this seize the day. You're, you're, you're positive. Your, your eyes are, are lit up, right? It's just people like to be around people who they, they want to win. And then, Patrick, the notion of observing and noticing. And so those are the things when, when you connect with someone that right in the eyes, whether it's posture, whether it's tone of voice, just be open to that. And to not necessarily assume that when you see something, it means something, but then to, to call it out. And, and I say this just as a way to ease in. Sometimes you go into a room and maybe the energy feels low to you. You know, it's not a good or better right around. Maybe that's how you feel. Wow. I'm coming in. Gosh, it feels a little heavy in here. You can make it a little bit of a joke, is it? Because maybe something really heavy happened. You don't know, correct? Um, if it's a one-on-one individual and, and, and um, just noticing something and, and putting that out there as a way to start a conversation and to get the person to feel like it's safe to, um, to be who they are. And mm-hmm. to connect at that human level which if you went to a cocktail party, whatever, that would just be the most normal of things. Hey, what's how, you know, my, my niece first started going to parties. My sister said, you can always ask women about their shoes. <laughs> my niece, literally, that helped her <laughs> just feel less, you know, awkward just to connect at, at whatever human level. Uh, and so I offer that as to not worry about, do I say it's the perfect right thing about, you know, the company strategy or what the market is doing or, or, or something that is, is more concrete. Now, there are folks who are very much about the work. So you may, you may pick that up. Maybe someone doesn't really care. They don't really care to chit chat. Okay. Okay, great. What's on your mind? What's top of mind for you and your ability? If they look very net serious, you might match that. But you know what? Deep down, everybody has a human side. And so if you can be the person to help that person feel like, you know, you don't have to be such a serious executive. You can actually be who you really are and we can, you know, have a lot of fun and got a lot of work done. That can be a great way to lead. So just a few thoughts. What what lands for you in in what I shared? Yeah, no, I think the, um, you know, the first approach is, um, not going in, right, feeling like you have to read minds. And, and I think, you know, taking that step back and, and observing and, you know, knowing that, you know, there's different styles, right? People may have different focus areas, uh, different styles, and, and really just approaching them where they are. That That is what resonated for me. Fantastic. This um, meeting people where they are, that language lands for me, okay, because that's my world. I could imagine folks um, where that's maybe something hard for them to, to, to get. And I'm just wondering if, if you ever encounter that people don't quite get that concept. Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, it's, it's uh, and that's why it's top of mind for me. I don't want to just approach every situation with the same, right, the same textbook way because people are, are different. And what works in one situation doesn't necessarily work in the, the next situation. So for me, it's top of mind, but I do see it um, all the time as I um, interface with various leaders, various teams, right? I see that sometimes um, people are indifferent in their approach when communicating. And that's unfortunate, I think, because you lose a lot of, um, uh, you know, time and a lot of valuable communication with that person or that ability to establish that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I want, I would like to to lean into this because I do think, and this came up last show because there's, there are folks for whom they were successful a certain way. It was pretty cut and dry you know, not perceived as touchy-feely, right? Which, of course, not, not what we're advocating. However, it's a bit of a fear, right? Because I've been successful, being hard-nosed, being relatively non-emotional, that that's, that's my game. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think the opportunity for leaders in particular is to expand your own range, right? So that you can command and control when that needs to happen. However, you can also lead from behind, lead from the side. You have the ability... Um, to model styles that are best suited to given situations. 
So a yeah. way, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say that's a good point, and I, I really never thought about that, right? It's, it, and it's kind of a style flex. Um, any insight that you can share on, and maybe it's just what you said earlier about observing, but any indicators that I can use for when it's best to lead, like you said, lead from the front side, you know, behind, because I think various situations require different leadership styles. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those are the instantaneous. If someone in particular is just, you know, I'll I'll call it more conservative, more buttoned up, then, you know, you're not going to be your, you know, low key, a little looser style. So I think you can pick that, that sort of thing up. Um, At the same time, I think it's important to be authentic about how you think uh, working with a person is going to be successful and, and putting that out at the start. And if it's, it's, a, it's a person you have a map, but you're going to have a relationship with, the ability to help create that sense, that meta skill of partnership, we're in it together, um, is something that you can lead with. I mean, being a leader of, and, and a lot of folks won't know how to do that. And that, that ability of, you know, here we're here together, you know, I haven't met you before, um, I'd love to spend a few minutes before we jump into work about a little bit about ourselves because what I found is that ability for us to really work together well is founded on us being people. Um, I'm happy to share a little bit of my background. Would that be okay with you? And, and I have found that some folks, it can be uncomfortable for some folks just because they haven't done it, but to, to really show interest in another person as a person is such an honor. When someone really is like, well, Patrick, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, I read a little bit about your bio, but gosh, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, you know how you've gotten where you've gotten what you've done, genuinely. And my experience is that people, people want to go there. People want to connect. It's a human nature thing. They may be afraid of it because in the past they may have been hurt. And so understand that it mm-hmm. may not be so natural for folks. You can only sh- be open to it, um, create the safety, and, and see if they go there. And if they do, great. And if they don't, we don't make them wrong. But you can model. Let me share a little bit about myself. You know, and I, 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 I did not speak English until I was five. I got C's in first grade. I say a, a lot of this stuff when I first meet people because they, they tend to think everything is perfect. It was unicorns and rainbows. I'm like, it was not. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was definitely a bumpy start for M. Chang here. You know, it was not all unicorns and rainbows by any stretch. And being comfortable with the stuff that may have been hard for you, um, that is, can be a way to create safe space. Um, that ability to, you know, and you can see if people will go there, okay? I, I, my, my in, you know, how I move through space, I've t- typically people really, they, they want to go there. They, they, they love the fact that, gosh, you know, she's going to respect me. She's going to want to work with me. She's going to like me even if I had made all these mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and of yeah. course, mistakes are, that's what our whole life is, is just making new mistakes. So your ability to be light about some of that too can be helpful. So I'm, I'm just giving you some ideas. You know, you, you have a big voice. You sound like you're kind of a big presence, Patrick. I don't know. Is that the case? Yeah, I think so. I've heard that before. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So for folks, you know, all the callers, some, some folks have, I've, I've worked with executives that are like, you're a big guy. Okay, so you just need to know if you move your hands up, I know you're not trying to be scary. It could come across kind of scary. So just to be aware of, you know, the physicality and, and things that are just unique to, to us physically um, can, will shape, you know, how people can respond to us. Um, you know, I, I'm not a particularly tall person, so I can still stand up super tall and try to take up as much space as I can. I'm, I'm typically not a very imposing figure, um, but that I think is something that people can um, can work with. Now, that, I mean, that really resonates with me, Molly, and, and that's something that I have tried to be con- more conscious about, right, as I communicate and with people and, you know, making that first impression. And I know, like you say, I'm... I'm definitely uh, a bigger guy. Some people think I'm a football player for whatever reason, but, um, you know, making that connection is, is important. And there's little subtleties, right, that, that uh, take place the first time you meet someone when you communicate with someone. So you're, yeah, that, that really resonates with me. 
Yeah, and, and we've uh, I've talked on previous shows about the that you know, I call it affectionately like a team contract, but that notion of what environment's going to help us to um, flourish together. And that may be a group that's just a stand-up group for an hour meeting or maybe folks that you're going to work with many years. Uh, but putting that out there and the ability to co-create um, the environments, and it's your chance to say, you know, for me, being a little lighter, not taking things too seriously, um, the ability to push back, things that oftentimes people are a little bit concerned about doing. And once we've made it explicit, saying, you know, let's should, can we agree on that? Do you think that that would help us? And just having language around some of the things that people will tend to be like, oh, I don't think I can say that. Um, if you can just be the one to put the words out there, like, wow, you know, he really, he really gets that that can hold us back when people aren't, aren't forthright. And um, those, that's kind of a, a mechanical thing, so it doesn't have to be super emotional, but it starts to signal very clearly that you want to create a space for everybody um, feels comfortable, including yourself. To, 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 to contribute and be the best that they can be. Awesome. Awesome. No, this has been extremely helpful, right? Um, just from right being the change I want to see, I think you mentioned role modeling. Um, you know, you mentioned creating that space, right? That's, that's going to be important as I have those conversations to help people, uh, you know, better consume the change. Um, so, no, this, this is awesome. Thank you for your time. It's my pleasure. I'm thrilled that you're, uh, you take time to be on the show, Patrick, and uh, let me know if I can be of more help in the future. And um, I thank you for being part of the solution. You have a great new year. You too, Molly. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, I'll take a, um, uh, an email inquiry now. Um, and I, Jonathan says he's a faithful follower of the video series. He's found my advice um, refreshing and thought-provoking. He, however, has struggled a bit with how to co- apply the concepts um, and, you know, a say it skillfully sort of way of thinking in these large corporate environments, especially uh, one where uh, other managers, um, folks on the team, aren't particularly focused on or, or equipped to um, build strong cultures um, that really enhance the communication. So it sounds like the question is, if people are a bit more on the all part of the problem but not leading to the solution, what can we do here? And I, I do talk to a lot of folks who feel like, I want to say it, Molly, but you know, no one else does, or I can't do it here. And I, I will reinforce, if you really genuinely believe that the people around you, that the bosses at work, drive to work, holding the steering wheel saying, I'm going to make it so scary and I don't want to hear what anyone has to say and all I want to do is boss people around. If that really is the environment, um, this has nothing to do with say it skillfully. It's just, is that a place that you want to be at? Why are you choosing to stay there? And, And I genuinely say that. I'm not trying to be cheeky. If it's not a place that you can thrive, that you can do your best work, I just ask you to really consider um, why you're there and what, what support do you need to, to perhaps make a better decision for yourself, okay? So let's throw that situation out where people really do want to hear it, then the opportunity is to have the courage and to be able to decide that the Say It Skillfully is really your best ally and to be um, really clear on what's going on for you. And if you feel, if you feel some kind of holding back or fear, to first and foremost just get in relationship with yourself. Like, what am I afraid of? And as I've stated, mistakes are what is make us stronger. It's how we learn. Um, if you're completely worried about how someone feels that I might be X, just say, you know, I I'm, I'm, don't want to come across as not a team player. I don't want to come across as um, arrogant. I don't want to pretend I'm a know-it-all. I'm just noticing something. And, and for the sake of this whole team, I really want to put it out there. So it's just these initial conversations with ourselves to give yourself permission to say, you know what, I think I know I can be better and I know I can, if I'm better, that'll help my group be better. And I would just encourage you to um, give yourself permission to be of higher service, not only to yourself, but also to your team. And I, and I really have a lot of empathy for folks who feel like, God, it's not going to work. I can't. That, that's a meta skill of fear of it's not going to work. You know, dooms, doomsday. I'm not saying it's, it's your choice if that's what you want to have. I just want to empower folks to realize, look, at you can take a deep breath. Um, 
life is short, right? Make it work for you and um, give it your best try. And if you really, with genuine um, good intention and um, concern for other people, put it out there, um, I would be surprised that you get cut down. And I think, one, you're going to feel great, and two, I think it'll be a, a sigh of relief for all those around you. So thank you, Jonathan, for posing that question. Uh, and I thank all of you for tuning in. That's a wrap for our show today. Please reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 